0: And that means we get started a little early because one of our millionaires, Mr. Jonathan Swanley, needs to do our discussion at 7.30. So you get the live at 7 a.m. Well, we are back in the country and some of you have asked to see my puppies. They haven't been on camera in five or six weeks. If you don't know, this is Happy. Uh, She is a good girl and usually just sleeps by my side. And this one is Sunny. He's a little more rambunctious. He likes to get into stuff and uh, he's usually running around my feet. So uh, a lot of you asked to see him. There you go, sunny and happy. There we go. So March 2nd, we got a lot of stuff going on in the market. Lots of things we have been talking about. So let's get right into it. I wanna talk about rates and I wanna propose a what if scenario to you. First and foremost, rates are clearly going higher. The 10 year now has a four handle on it. The two year is 4.8 and the one year has a five on it. These rates are going to give folks options, right? There has been a long time since you or I could go get a CD, a treasury, uh, you know, something else, right? There was a long time where there was no alternative, Tina, uh, now there is. So again, this will hurt cap rates, this will hurt perhaps residential, right? Any investment decisions, needs to have a higher return. And frankly, I think that is a good thing. We'll talk more about that later when we get to Chamath's discussion. But yes, folks, rates are going higher. It is going to cause pain. We've talked about the pain in the commercial segment. We talked about, I think it was Brookfield and Pimco walking away. There will be plenty of syndications that come up on bridge debt renewals that either will extend and pretend or it will go back to the bank and the LPs uh, will lose pretty big time. So I want to propose a what if scenario to you. I'm sorry. What if there's been, and I've been guilty of this as well. So this is, this, this is me included. I think there was a general impression that inflation would trail off. Now I have proposed it will be slower, than most, right? Most people, Kathy Wood, Jeremy Siegel, all these guys were like, hey, by the summer, the Fed's going to cut. That is clearly not on the table. I was proposing you know, easy, hard, and really hard, but I want to propose a what-if scenario that's even longer than I have been talking about. What if in 2025, not 24, 2025, so I don't know, 32 months away, 33 months away. What if inflation is still 3% or greater? What if the federal funds rate, right? The terminal rate stays at 5%. You actually have positive rates. We talked about that yesterday, right? Inflation at three um, or rates at five, inflation's at three, you actually have positive rates at 2% that should cool the economy. What if GDP is below trend, but not negative, right? So it's 1%, half a percent, something like that. And mortgage rates sit between 65 and 7%, which is where I think they are going to kind of bounce around for quite a while. So what if, what, what happens? And then I guess the last thing I didn't mention is unemployment. Unemployment goes up, but stays below 5%. Right, so it's not 3.4, it's not 3.8, it's not 4.2, it's 4.7, it's 4.8, something like that. So inflation's up, but not horrible. It is frankly still below the long-term trend of full employment. How does that feel? We're in a still a high inflation environment at 3%, not yet at 2 We have now had mortgage rates in the 6s for a couple of years. We've had the ability to get uh, 5% in bonds. What is going on? That's 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 a question that I have only started to think about yesterday evening as I was preparing for today. Is what happens if everything I see coming takes even longer? And that was really sparked by a video I saw from Chamath Palihapitiya. Hopefully I'm close on that. Uh, and we'll get into that in a minute. But that's a what-if scenario I want to play out with you. Next, let's get through earnings. Lots of earnings to talk about. First and foremost, shout out to the team at Salesforce. Salesforce beat top line, beat bottom line, and upped forecast. And also announced a larger buyback. So they're buying back more shares. Snowflake beat top line, beat bottom line, but actually lowered guidance or gave weak guidance. Okta beat top, beat bottom, uh, but and raised guidance. American Eagle Outfitter, so clothing uh, beat top line, beat bottom line. Uh, Box beat top line, beat bottom line, but gave weak guidance. Macy's. Macy's was a big one. We talked about this over the weekend. I wanted to know what was going on with kind of middle America, right? Right. If you, if you put Nordstrom's at the high end and, I don't know, Target here, I, Macy's is kind of in the middle. Looks like Macy's met earnings with, or met revenue, beat on the bottom line, so earnings, and said, you know what? We're preparing for a choppy year. Consumers are charging more and carrying balances more. We are seeing this in the credit card data, so a lot going on. And then finally, Best Buy. Best Buy uh, missed earnings and gave poor guidance. Again, Best Buy is in that situation where a lot of people bought the computer, bought the smartphone, bought the, you know, whatever, and they just gotta get through this. A lot of demand was pulled forward, so it's not as surprising there. Uh, But yeah, Best Buy was a disappointment. So let's talk about Tesla. Uh, I'm I'm not, I have zero skin in the game. I only talk about Tesla because a lot of commoners either are in the stock, they love it or hate it. It's really interesting. With Tesla, you either love it or hate it. There's like very few people in the middle. Uh, But I thought this was interesting. Tesla um, Investor Day uh, was, I guess, a four hour affair. Meet Kevin live streamed it, and I actually watched a Meet Kevin reaction video kind of summarizing and I have never seen Meet Kevin so pissed off. I think he was legitimately pissed off. Sometimes Meet Kevin puts on a show, but I think that 10 or 12 minute video, he was really disappointed. He has a lot of his net worth tied up in Tesla, and actually I did not check the stock. Uh, it looked like at least after hours it was down, as there was lots of pomp and circumstances, but very little details on what is coming on. So, uh, and also it appears that Musk wasn't trying to talk to Tesla investors. He was trying to paint a bigger picture, which is kind of an interesting way to have an investor day, but hey, it is what it is. So again, it was really interesting to watch me, Kevin, kind of seemingly lose it on that. So if you haven't seen that video and you want to see him get mad, uh, it's out there. I think he produced it yesterday afternoon. Let's talk about Fed speak. I told you this was coming. Federal Reserve is going to talk tough. We had two Fed presidents yesterday talk about increasing the um, rate next in March from 25 to 50. I want to make sure I get their names right. Bostic and Kashkari. It's interesting. Bostic is probably the greatest hawk, right? He is being loud about 50 basis points. But did you know he is a non-voting member? So all Bostic has is his voice. All he can do is rattle the change. He actually doesn't vote on the increase uh, on the 14th of March. Kashkari is a voting member and his talk is tough, but softer, if that makes any sense. He's basically saying we can't rule out 50 basis points. And this is exactly what I told you was coming. They're all going to talk tough. They're all going to do these things. But while I believe they should do 50 bases, I believe they will only give us a quarter. I think we are going to get bernanke which means just 25 every meeting until something breaks. And I think that's probably two or three meetings in a row. We may go to five and a quarter. I originally thought five. got to think five and a quarter is at least on the table. Needless to say, though, we are almost to the end of this. I think the Fed is trying to buy time for the summer. They want to see some of the housing data roll off and then you know, pause for the rest of the year. No cut coming. Hopefully I've been clear on that all year. Chamath, Chamath had a very interesting discussion. And again, I watched the All In podcast. Uh, I watched Chamath individually, occasionally. He originally was like, hey, there's a lot of pain coming to the VC community and there's gonna be a lot of resets and write-offs. He's actually now, he just was interviewed, I think somewhere in Florida, basically talking about, you know what? I originally thought we would get through this in three quarters. He now thinks it is going to be three years. And as I got to thinking about that, that's what I think is coming to the commercial real estate market. Why, right? where residential has 98% fixed, we, you know, most people live in their homes, not a lot of pain coming. Commercial, hopefully you've heard me loud and clear, is going to have pain. Bridge debt resetting, cap rates up, LP call for capital, just all bad, all bad, all bad. But perhaps it won't be this tectonic or almost earthquake-like event. It will instead be spread out longer. I think a lot of institutions will look at an asset and go, yeah, we don't really want that one. We don't wanna take a haircut. Maybe they'll extend it per 10. Maybe they'll take a lighter fee. I, I just think there's gonna be a lot of upset stomachs versus a violent kind of cleansing. So I think what you're gonna see in the commercial market is longer pain. And again, for us that are buyers or 1031 exchange, it'll actually create more opportunity. So again, I think there's a lot of, I don't think it's gonna be, inside a nine month window. I think the pain in the commercial market will extend, if not three years, maybe a year and a half, two and a half years, something like that. Because I see a lot of kind of the valuation in the VC market kind of being the same in the commercial market. A lot of debt was put on with stupid assumptions at low rates with short term variable. And instead of taking a down round or a write off, they'll just extend and pretend. Uh, John Burns, something that you and I have talked about the last couple of days is home builders are in a unique situation where they are, they can get transactions done by advertising low rates. So we talked about Pulte Homes, Pulte Homes is doing the four and a half. It turns out it's actually four and a quarter, according to John Burns, four and a quarter, actually, according to the economist. Yes, there's actually a magazine called the economist generally speaking, very long and boring articles, but when they talk real estate, I read them. The Economist, quoting John Burns, talked about uh, home builders, Pulte doing these four and a quarters, and Toll Brothers doing 4.99. Remember, instead of taking a discount on price, they just buy down the rate, and it's cheaper, and they can get transactions done. John Burns did the math. And a lot of you ask asked me, is, is, what kind of discount, right? Make it apples to apples. So John Burns, again, in the magazine, The Economist, which you can find online, says, um, based on the financial engineering, the trade-off is the the home builder could either take a 16% discount on price, or they could offer rate buy-downs, which are often less than that. This is exactly what happens. And again, I asked you guys about a week ago, just do the math yourself. If you're gonna be moving into a home that you plan to live for eight years, you're not a flipper, you're not some short-termer, you're gonna live there for eight to 10 years, it is far better to get a lower rate than a five or 10% discount. It just is, it's mathematically a better option for you. So again, if you don't believe me, Do the math, right? $400,000 loan at 7% or no, yeah, $400,000 loan at, reverse, sorry. $400,000 loan at 4% or a $350,000 loan at 7%. Just do the math, the payment is shockingly larger. And again, if you're gonna live in your home for eight years, yes, you let them get you the price, but they buy down the rate and you actually save money long-term all right so what else do we got going on uh let's see the 10year broke four percent we talked about that earlier oh eurozone last article I read this morning for coming to the office the eurozone inflation is down slightly down to 8.5 percent from 8.6 unfortunately core is up core went up to 5.6 it was expected to be 5.3 so Inflation is a worldwide phenomenon. Uh, And again, it's something that we are going to be dealing with, I think, longer than expected. And then finally, back to something Chamath talked about. What if we have high rates for seven years, right? So we're talking, what, 2030? Wow, 2030, that's hard to think about. Basically, that would be good for the venture world. He says that we create the best companies in a high-rate environment, which makes sense to me. When rates are zero, money just sloshes around and bad things happen. We see the same thing in real estate. So pretty interesting to correlate venture capital with real estate. Again, maybe it's my unique perspective. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I see there. So folks, have a wonderful day. Like, subscribe, comment, become part of One Rental at a Time. The more comments you guys leave, the more interaction. Subscribe, helps the channel grow. Uh, We actually added 41 new subscribers yesterday. So thank you very much. Uh, Folks, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.